You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Pirelli Scorpion Weather Active. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. It's the Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel. The sports calendar is packed. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. So many sports right now. NBA, College Hoops, March Madness, PGA Tour. App is safe, secure, easy to use. They've got exclusive offers, boosts, all that stuff this month on FanDuel. And when you win, you get paid fast. So jump into the action. They have live betting. You can combine multiple bets, same game and a same game parlay. Try out same game parlay plus today. Start making every moment more and download the FanDuel app today. Hi, everybody, and welcome in. It is the Monday morning podcast. Dave Wanstead. Uh, got some Chicago Bear talk, some NFL Combine talk, some draft talk, Dallas Cowboy chatter. Let's start with this for 10 minutes. So um, the last two years, I have watched less and less NFL Combine. And I'm going to describe right now, and this could bore some of you, but one of the reasons I love coming on this podcast, that it's different than my show podcast, is I can take on topics and discuss things that I would never discuss, obviously, on my show. I'm going to talk a little bit about the process of the way I do this business. So I've always said, you drive the bus. I'm not loyal to platforms, and I'm not loyal to leagues. When I started in this business, I did a lot more college football. Then it got very regional. And over the last seven, eight, nine years with Alabama and Clemson's dominance, I did less college football. This year, I did more college football than I've ever done because I thought the West Coast had a little bit of a renaissance. Michigan had a renaissance. So I want the Michigans and the USC's and the Notre Dame's to be viable, not just three Southern schools. And so I talked more college football and the ratings went up in college football. So 15 years ago, I moved off baseball. Why? Because I watched the ratings and I watched slowly the attendance go down and the ratings go down and the social currency go down. And so I'm, I'm, I am loyal to what you're watching. OK, it's like it's a it's a grocery store. What you're buying, I'm selling. And so the NFL combine doesn't get huge ratings. But in the last couple of years, I used to really be into it. Not as much as the draft or the season or the playoffs or college football, but I like the combine. It's a beauty pageant. I always understood that. But when Sean McVay says, I'm not going, this year, Bill Belichick, Matt LaFleur, I'm not going. I had a conversation with a general manager in the NFL earlier last week. And, you know, I threw out my theory to him that was, I said, if you told a young person, Trent Dilfer told me this years ago, 75% of NFL players don't love football. They love what football provides for them, but they don't really love football. Tony Gonzalez, the Hall of Fame tight end, once told me he thought 3% of players loved the game. Loved the game. Not the lifestyle, the game. And putting in the effort for the game. And so one of the things I've thought a lot about with the combine is I think more teams get fooled than actually find a gym. Because if you go to the last 10 drafts and you look at some of the great combine performances, teams are overdrafting players. 
And so when you combine some of the reaches in the draft with Dilfer and Tony Gonzalez's theory, let me just throw this out to you. If I told you, listen, if you work really hard for the next eight to 10 weeks and get in the best shape of your life, you're going to be richer than you ever dreamed. And you're going to go first or second round, even though a year ago you were thought of as a third or a fourth rounder. Would you put in the work? Of course you would. Much different than playing a season, than working out in Arizona or Miami at an academy for eight to 10 weeks, prepping for the interviews, getting abs back, putting in the time that you would have to put in on a daily basis if you were an NFL player. So you get these guys that come in and they're in the best shape of their life. They have been, they know exactly the questions they'll be asked. And I think what happens is people get fooled. People get absolutely fooled. And I think it's just, it's, it's our human nature. If we're going to be rewarded, we're going to really focus. And that's why to me, Belichick, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, yeah, I'm going to pass. They don't want to get fooled. Go watch game tape. Game tape's the truth because you have to play hurt in games. You have to play against people that are bigger and stronger than you. How do you react to that? That's the NFL. That's real. A game tape in the SEC or Big Ten, that's real. A real performance. Not 10 to 12 weeks of working out in Arizona and Miami, getting in the greatest shape of your life, therefore getting a payday soon thereafter in the NFL draft. It's not real life. And I think for all of us. I want to see your actual resume, job performance. What were you like for four to five years at your job? Not prepping for an interview with me. Players now prep for the wonderlick. You can practice the wonderlick. It used to be if a guy scored high, it was just he was brilliant. Now guys score in the 30s, and I think some of the times I'm like, I don't know, they make really bad decisions as a quarterback. How do they get a 36 on the wonderlick? So I see the numbers for the combine. I've peeled back on my combine talk. I just don't think it's as relevant as I thought it was years ago. And I'll give you another example of this is college basketball. So 20 years ago, I was working in local sports. 25 years ago, I was in Las Vegas covering Jerry Tarkanian in UNLV. College basketball was arguably, along with college football, my favorite sport. I used to be much more into college sports 25 years ago. Now I like college football more. But college basketball, I have waned over the last 10 to 12 years. And for the obvious reasons, the numbers have plummeted. People still watch the tournament and the brackets, but they don't watch the regular season. And there's a reason for it. It's confusing. It is such a transactional sport now. The very best players, in fact, the two best players in this year's NBA draft are not even playing college. They've opted out of college. You know, many of the other great players are international. None of us have a visceral connection to them. We don't watch them play in Dusseldorf. Lithuania. Uh, and then maybe the eight or 10 best college players, they just stay one year in college. So by the time you meet them in March Madness, they're off. They're off to the pros. So that makes it less, unless you live in a Spokane or an East Lansing or a Louisville, and you've got your team you just love, for the majority of the audience that watches me, they don't. And so it's just a turnstile of players. Now, over the last two years, we've added the transfer portal. Well, it's insane literally every, there's 360 Division I programs, half the rosters are now leaving to go somewhere else. So the transactional nature of college basketball between the one-and-done culture and the transfer portal, I think really hurts the sport, and I don't think there's any coming back. <laughs> I, I just, it, it's hard to follow. Now, I will say this, I've watched UCLA, which is eight minutes from my house. I've watched them play three to four times. 
They're as good as anybody I've seen in the country. There's my expert opinion. I've watched Purdue three or four times. They're as good as anybody not named UCLA. I've watched Duke in Kansas three or four times. Very good teams. Don't think they're as good as Purdue or UCLA. But the Big Ten doesn't have a history of winning national titles. You have to go back uh, a long way to remember the last Big Ten national champ. So this all goes back to the process of what I do. I really follow you. So right now, my shows on FS1 and Premiere are about 60% NFL, uh, 60-65%, about 25% NBA, a lot of it in April, May, and June. And then about 5 to 8% college football, I include the draft in that coverage. I'll cover the World Cup. I'll cover a big fight. You know, an unbelievable Masters gets a segment or two, a little bit of March Madness. But I find the NFL combine and college basketball, I'm not loyal to platforms and I'm not loyal to events. You tell me what you like. And I think people in the NFL are realizing with the combine, you're as likely or more likely to get fooled by the combine as you are find a gem or a diamond in the rough. All right, so I watched a couple of NBA games. I watched flying from Portland, Oregon, back to L.A. I was in Portland over the weekend. I watched the Mavericks and the Suns the entire game. I called it KD's good. Nobody saw that coming. Um, He's a really easy fit with Phoenix. Phoenix isn't great defensively, and it's going to be an issue, and they're not terribly deep. Little Cameron Payne here. The bench goes about two deep, maybe three deep. But they don't have a ton off the bench. And I do think it'll probably be their undoing against a team that's much deeper, like, you know, a Golden State or the Clippers. Clippers have their own issues now with Westbrook. But my takeaway is I really believe that Dallas would be fun to watch but have defensive liabilities. Fact, it's true. And that Phoenix would be really good and they're better defensively. So they're going to start winning and winning quickly. But Kevin Durant is so much more than an offensive player. And isn't it interesting to watch him? Kyrie and Westbrook all go to new teams and how easy it looks for Kevin Durant. He is the best plug and play guy on the planet. He doesn't need the ball. He doesn't need the ball early in the rotation. Get him the ball, five seconds on the clock. You're going to get a great look. Phoenix is a really interesting team. I think they're going to have to win some shootouts. I think they'll win a series or two. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are two of the top 10 offensive players, in my opinion, in the NBA. But I think depth will be a little undoing and their defense, which you saw against the Mavericks. Also watch the Warriors play the Lakers. Great effort by the Lakers. Anthony Davis, again, what's frustrating is when he's on, when he's engaged, when he's healthy, he's a monster. He is a monster. He made a great basket late against Draymond Green on the baseline. It really sealed the game as the Warriors hit a couple of threes and roared back. Lakers got off to a good lead. Never looked back. Shorthanded without LeBron. You know, it's a more legitimate roster. Lonnie Walker had some moments. Reeves had some moments. Um, And Anthony Davis was amazing. I think Golden State's going to be fine. Steph didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but their ball movement, their spacing continues to be a marvel and the best in the league. I just think when I watch the Warriors, Steph's not quite there yet. But uh, the passing, and I watched the last four or five Warrior games, the passing is immediately exceptional the minute Steph Curry is back. The pace is better. The passing is better. He was just a little off. And if you're not watching the Warriors, Klay Thompson is having himself a year. He's not the defender he used to be. Dude is having himself one of the best years of his career. But it was a nice win for the Lakers, shorthanded. It's a real roster now. 
And again, I've said before, if they played Denver first round, I would take the Lakers in six or seven games. I really would. I, I, I think when Anthony Davis is dialed in, there's just not many guys like him. I mean, remember years ago, I was covering a Laker Blazers series. It was Shaq, Kobe went seven games. Lakers won. It's the iconic uh, Kobe to Shaq alley-oop slam. I was right behind that basket. And I remember during that series, I've told this story before. I asked Phil Jackson, uh, how do you defend Rasheed Wallace? And he said, we don't. We don't really have any way to stop Rasheed Wallace. And I think on most nights in the NBA, there's no real way. I mean, Draymond Green was ineffective and he's the best defender in the league. There's no real way to defend Anthony Davis. He can give you 35 a night. If, you, if, he, if he plays 36 minutes, he is an absolute force. And I thought it was as good a game as he's had. And this is why they brought him to Los Angeles. LeBron was aging. LeBron plays fewer minutes. LeBron's going to get dinged up and miss games. So one of the games of the year for Anthony Davis got help from Reeves, Lonnie Walker, but a nice W for the Lakers. Playing well, playing well without LeBron. That's a, that's a promising sign. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their hand cook, test results, and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. With the NFL season over, all eyes in the sporting world turn to everything from the NBA to college hoops to the NHL. Plenty of games to watch, or even better, plenty of games to get out of the house and actually go to. That's why the best way to get your hands on tickets when you want to go to one of these games, check out Game Time, fastest growing ticket app in the U.S., Game Time. Offer amazing last-minute deals on tickets to your best favorite NBA, hockey, NCAA teams. Top of that, they sell last-minute concert and comedy show tickets, too. Download the Game Time app. Download it. Redeem code is Colin. 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the app. Enter the code Colin. C-O-L-I-N. 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, my buddy Dave Wanstatt, former Chicago Bear head coach, Dolphins head coach, coordinator for the Cowboys when they won Super Bowl twenty seven, a friend, and uh, by the way, still is all over Chicago media and kicking ass and taking names. So I'll be in Chicago here uh, not long from now. You know how much I love the city. I, I, I've said about Justin Fields, here, here's my concern. Uh, I know he's a big, strong athlete. I know he's a good kid. Um. I do worry with a defensive coach. You see a lot of these young quarterbacks who do well. They have an offensive coach. The game's changed. All the rules now are against defense. It's almost it's almost unfair to be a defensive coach. Can't you can't coach any. The middle of the field's all offense now. And I think my bigger problem with Justin Fields is I know he's a great athlete. Uh, but year three, Russell Wilson ran around for two years. Kyler Murray ran around for two years. So did Lamar. 
This year, year three to me, Dave, is the year a young quarterback who runs has got to sit in the pocket. Because I do think your legs buy you a couple of years, I've said this, for the light to go on. Russell Wilson, Mahomes all say it's year three, the game slows down, the lights go on. Yep. I think I would keep Justin Fields. I wouldn't draft another quarterback. But I do think he's got to show me something by Thanksgiving or I'm having meetings with the owner and the GM and moving on. Your thoughts on where we are with him? Well, you know, the the whole thing in Chicago, and that's why I was so excited. And I'm really – it's disappointing that Philadelphia, in my opinion, because I thought Philadelphia would win the Super Bowl. But in my mind, the blueprint for the Chicago Bears is the Philadelphia Eagles. I I really believe this. I mean, you look where – hey, it wasn't long ago. Two years ago, I'm doing a show on Fox or one of those stations, and I – I, I, I thought that he would be beat out talking about Jalen Hurts. I did not think he would finish the starter as at the end of the year with the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought that he was not going to be the guy. And what do they do? They they add to the offensive line. They get they they sign AJ Brown, a big receiver. They draft a receiver in Smith, and all of a sudden, this guy is one of the better players in the league. I really believe that the Bears can do that. Tyree Kill with the Dolphins himself is making more money than the entire receiver group of the Chicago Bears. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of help. He truly didn't. I thought they did everything they could to give him a chance. But I think the blueprint for the Bears is the Philadelphia Eagles. So would you go out, for instance, if you kind of look at the positions that matter? Because I will say this. I think Claypool and Mooney are good number two or three receivers. Komet's a solid tight end. The backs are serviceable. I would you go out if you're the GM and go get a number one receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, go get a number one edge rusher. Um, those two things are paramount. And then they drafted a good corner and a safety last year. The secondary is better. And then you got like, you know, you got all your picks. But if you were going to spend your money, if you look at positions that matter, go get a star receiver for Justin because I think Mooney's a very capable two or three. Claypool's yeah, a three. he is. And Komet's a really nice tight end. So would you, if, if with Ryan Poles, would you say, listen, we're going to go buy an edge rusher. That's what Russell Wilson got. And we're going to go buy a star receiver. And then I, th- I think the, the defense, I think the O-line, there's some really nice O-linemen, second, third round. Um, is that kind of how you would attack it? No, you, you know what, Colin, and I've, I've talked, I've thought about this and watching college and watching these guys, we know that they have more free agent money to spend than, than anybody in the league, okay? I would spend free agent money on veteran proven offensive linemen. I would use my draft picks for defense. I really would. If I could get a proven or two Offensive linemen that could come in here and they say this guy is a, a difference maker, a, an outstanding player, I would spend money there. Because I'll tell you what, in my opinion, young offensive linemen, they're, they're not getting developed in college like they were back in the day because of the rules. You can't hit. You can't have contact. And that's the only way you get better as an offensive lineman. And, that, and the same things happen in the NFL. So, you know, you can get a young defensive guy – he, you know, he's athletic. He's fast. Teach him yes. to see, to see, get him aggressive. And these guys can be stars early. Mix up Par- uh, Parsons as an example. Those, there's a lot of defensive guys. I would focus in. I would spend big time money on a receiver, 
if I was the Bears, a free agent, and I would go get an offensive lineman and spend money, and I would focus in on the draft with my early picks. You know, it's interesting you say that because the truth is even great offensive players, great tight ends, great quarterbacks, it's choreography on offense, whereas defense is speed, uh, the ability to blow stuff off, react. Like, let's say you get an edge, you get Will Anderson. Well, shit, you just solved your edge rusher. Um, I mean, honestly, and then to your point, the draft – in the first two rounds, they got a first. To say, they have two-fifths. Yeah, I could see DeAndre Hopkins in elite tackle and just load up on defense. I, you know, I will say this. They, their first two picks last year, they got a corner and a safety. Both nice players. Both were really good, played a lot. And Eberflus, as a defensive coordinator, probably one of his strengths is teaching football. Yep. So, yep. but, I, but years ago, I was talking to, I think, Chris Ballard or – it was it was somebody and he was saying you know it's this league even for great offensive players it's hard dave you know that it takes two to yep. three years from Mahomes and lamar jackson and, yeah took, and i was at dallas with troy aikman it took it was troy's third year when he when he started coming along you know so i i even back in the day it took time it took terry bradshaw longer than that we know the story with him but but i you know you look at this thing and and the bears are going to run the ball because of a defensive head coach you can say what you want out there people and this is not because I'm defense, but defensive head coaches, number one, that they understand the importance of field position. They understand the importance of, of keeping your defense rested, manageable first downs. Most defensive coaches believe in the running game. And the Bears have an offensive staff right now that, hey, obviously one of the top two teams running the football in the NFL, they know how to run the ball. I think life can become real easy or a lot easier for Justin Fields when he gets some good weapons around him. I really do. I, I think the uh, I think there's a lot of upside here. And you know what? One other point, and I'll, I'll get off of this. In Chicago, you got to be a different type of guy. This kid got beat up, okay? I mean, physically beat up. It's a tough city to play in. It's real tough to be the quarterback in this town. I mean, I've, I've lived that coaching here. And this guy went up there in, in 10-degree temperatures, beat up, and he went out on that field and he laid it on the line. Some cities, that means nothing. In the city of Chicago, that carries a lot of weight for a player, particularly your quarterback. So when Sean Payton would come on the show with me this year on Mondays, he said, you know, Parcells used to say your first 15 picks do not take an undersized player regardless of position. Tua is not a top 15 pick. Uh, Kyler Murray now, we're finding, doesn't want to get hit. Jalen Hurts, great player, second round. Drew Brees, second round, smaller players. I mean, you know, Dave, half this league is undrafted. So I look at Bryce Young. He's 5'10 and a half. That's about three inches short. And he's going to weigh, I mean, in the combine, he's over 200. He ate a lot of steaks and a lot of potatoes. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, you know that. He's going to play at 196. What do you do with him? I do think he's the mo- I think he has one, two things I'll say. He's accurate. And Dave, I watched him in high school and college. His pocket awareness is f- fantastic. He has an absolute yep. feel for the pocket, which I think Dave is a neat, innate. I don't think you can teach it. Some guys never, Sam Darnold, love him, never feels it. Ever. He runs away too early. He doesn't see it. Um, Bryce Young's pocket awareness is A++. He's small. 
He does to me. He doesn't work in Chicago, uh, a windy, cold northern environment. But God, right. Houston, Dave, uh, Atlanta, a, a dome, Dave. I don't know. How do you pass him up? No, I, I think that you know. I talked to about eight. I'm a member of the 33rd team. Okay, Parcells actually got it started, and we were talking on there. There was five or six general managers on there. And, and they talk to people around the league, GMs, personnel people more than I do. And there is a real split feeling on these quarterbacks. I mean, they, they, yeah, Bryce Young, you're talking about uh, in the right situation. But after this combine workout, CJ Stroud, there's some people like, there's one guy that was talking about Will Levins, how they like how he gets the ball out. And for their yeah. style of offense, he would be perfect. You know, and, and then the Richardson's kid, I mean, he's got all the intangibles, I guess. I, I have never studied him. One year doing it makes me a little nervous with him. But the point is that there's not, in, in NFL general managers' minds, there's not a Trevor Lawrence in this opinion. No. So, you know, I, I, I would not be surprised. I mean, I think that it'll be Bryce Young, but I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of different stories. And it's a matter of who's going to fit in your offense. You talked about the different cities, the mentality of your offense. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be real interesting. I don't know any negatives except the size. Look at, you know, Drew Brees. People passed on him. We did it to Dolphins because of his size. But he was very accurate at, when he was at Purdue, and he moved in the pocket. He Drew Brees did a lot of things that Bryce, Bryce Young does. He really does without as good a supporting cast as they have in Alabama now. You know, I, I said this in the preamble to this interview about the combine. Belichick, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur have said, nah, I'm not going to go. Here's what I worry about. Um, Dave, when you play in a college or a pro football season, you're hurt by week three. Nobody's healthy. You match up right. against guys that are bigger and stronger than you. I want to see game tape. I worry. It's a complete cottage industry now, coach. Prepping for the Wonderlick, prepping for the Combine. Shit, I think you get fooled. I think Belichick has been fooled by players. These guys come in, Dave. If I went to you, right. and Trent Dilfer said something to me years ago. He goes, 75% of these guys don't love football. They love what football provides for them. And I was told by my agent, get in the best shape of your life. You'll never have to work. You're going to be a late first right. rounder. <laughs> Dave, I, I look at the Combine now. I think you get fooled a lot. I see some of these combine beauty pageant contestants. <laughs> I mean, where, where did you fall in on it? I, I, you know, I, I agree with you. Well, it, it wasn't as, <laughs> it wasn't the extreme back then as it is now, but I work, I won't give the names. I, I I've worked with about four or five agents in Naples, Florida, in our, in your old stomping grounds. And they would bring in their college players and what, one of the challenges I had was getting to draw the circles, Colin. Picture this, on a, on a board, the circles of an offensive formation where one guy was drawn, you know, the, the size of a dinner plate and the other guy then next to him was the guard who was the size of a quarter. I mean, you know, prepping them. So at the end of this week, all I did was what you're talking about. This is how you got to answer the questions. This is how when they draw on the board, this is what you got to draw. So you're 100% right. And these guys are getting scolded, yes, from the agent. But there's a lot of guys like mine, ex-coaches, 
that are spending a lot of time with these guys. I sat in those meetings for over 15 years as a head coach and a GM and head coach at the Dolphins. I asked those questions. I know what the coaches want to hear when the tape goes on and you make a mistake. I know exactly what they don't want to hear, too. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm one of those guys that's been, been schooling them. You're 100% right. Yeah, no, I mean, shit, there's a real industry out there for a Dave Wanstat. Dave, here's a lot of money. <laughs> Teach these kids Go. what this is. How say? to draw circles. How <laughs> to draw circles. <laughs> Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their hand cook, test results, and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Looking to get more out of the NBA season? Well, now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The promo code is always Colin. FanDuel has tons of betting options. I like the same game parlay. Bet a little, win a lot. FanDuel's app is safe, secure, easy to use, and you get paid your winnings really fast. The no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks. Promo code Colin. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable. Site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-HOP E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. So, you know, Jerry Jones had a comment this week about how the Cowboys are a little limited um, because of Dak's contract. And I, I, I've i said this before. If I didn't do what I do, my dream job would be an NFL general manager. I love the architecture of it. I love I love all of it. I'd have, you know, I would have to hire an attorney to be my capologist, but I love <laughs> I love building teams. I love the draft and I have since I was, you know, in my teens, 20s. And I've always had this theory about the NFL, pay big money infrequently. That almost always the answer is outside of quarterback rush end, increasingly star wide receiver, and maybe corner. Dave, I think there's like four to five positions in the world now. 
And I didn't used to include receiver, but because of rule changes, I do. Quarterback, left tackle, receiver, edge rusher, corner. I would love a really good Mike linebacker to call my signals. It's not, it's, you know, it's not, I don't have to have it, but most great defenses have had a really great, heady middle linebacker. But I, I, I look at this stuff. When you look at San Francisco and Philadelphia, is there an argument to be made that you just keep drafting quarterbacks and load up your roster? And if you draft a quarterback every year, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, you're going to find a Brock Purdy. You're going to find a you're going to find a guy out there. And what you want is just a great roster until you find a star quarterback, which there's seven on the planet. Because I look at the Niners and I think, hell, <laughs> I don't care who quarterbacks next year. They're winning 12 games. Well, you know, you're making some interesting points. I just had a great conversation this week with Mike Giddings Jr., who his dad started Pro Scout. And they do the color codes, the blue, the red, the gold, and they rate every player. Not It doesn't matter what you were two years ago. It's how did you perform this year? And you know, over the last 10 years, according to their service, every quarterback that's gone to the Super Bowl has played at a blue level except one, according to them, Back in 2015, uh, Peyton Manning played at a red. That's the year that he went out and he was hurt. His neck was bothering him at Denver. And they won the Super Bowl. I'm talking about Super Bowl winning coach. Now, here's the other stat that's real interesting. There okay. has not been a, a blue left tackle in the last 10 years. Now, when I say blue, you're going to say, oh, wait, Orlando Brown with Kansas City. He's a great player. He is a great player. But this year, he didn't play at a blue level. Watch the tape. And that's the conversation I'm having with Gid. Gid. But he said the positions that must be playing at a blue level to win a Super Bowl over the last 10 years, your, your defensive ends, your corners, and your quarterback. Those are the positions. Now, you want you got to have 13 blue players not to get too deep in this for our, our viewers, but you, you got to have average 13 blues on your team to win a Super Bowl. That's what most Super Bowl teams have, okay? Blue means that they're playing at the highest level. So Brock Purdy, he might not be talent-wise Patrick Mahomes, but if Kyle Shanahan can get him playing at a blue level where he's not turning the ball over, he's completing 70% of his passes, right? I mean, he's doing the things that you have to do if you're a, 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 a top quarterback in this league. You know, then you got a chance to win a Super Bowl. So it's, it's a real interesting concept. And him and I were talking about it because, you know, I, I, I was talking about some of the bear stuff, you know, and, you know, it, you know, red players, blue players, because Ryan Poles was talking about it on the radio, how many blue players they need to get. They don't have very many, if any, at the bears. And right. so we were just talking about those numbers, but it's an interesting stat. You brought up Purdy. My point is you have to have a quarterback not blue talent-wise, understand, right. but play at a blue level Yep. Uh, to win a Super Bowl. That's been that way for the last 10 years, and I don't think it's going to change. So when you start looking at the teams that can win Super Bowls, you got to look at the quarterback, pass rushers, and corners. That's your starting point. So Aaron Rodgers goes in a, a darkness retreat. You know, my takeaway is I'm pretty new school on this. I got fairly young kids. Whatever it takes for you to get your mind clear, 
shit, I don't care, Dave. If you got to go to therapy um, when the season ends, go take six weeks. Go find yourself. Um, but I've had this belief for a long time that Favre and Aaron are really similar, that the lack of an owner allows the quarterback for the Packers, if talented, to essentially run the franchise. And because Green Bay is the smallest market, if they're bad at quarterback, they're not on television. In my childhood, 70s and 80s, the Packers were right. never on television. Right. Uh, they, I mean, they, they, they really weren't. And I think they're paralyzed by it. If there, if there was a Jerry Jones or an owner in Green Bay, and, and, and Aaron said, I'm, I'm going to go in a darkness retreat. He'd say, well, when you're done with that, I want an answer. Or you're going to go in a darkness retreat. I'm going to send you to the Jets. You'll be dark for the rest of your career. Right. You tell me <laughs> when, when you were with J Jerry or Wayne Huizenga, go back to all your owners. Were there moments that an owner was actually really important to set a precedent, to be a voice, to hold people accountable? Because Favre and Aaron have gone on this retirement threat tour, both of them, for the last five years of their careers. Yeah, I would say no. I mean, I, that's probably not the answer you want to hear. But quite honestly, you know, I was at Miami when Wayne Huizenga hired me and Dan Marino was at the end of his career. And the first job that I had was go in and sit down and talk to Dan, who I knew was a fellow Pitt guy, University of Pittsburgh, and tell him that we were changing offenses and I didn't see there being a fit that he could be on the team, but we were going to go a different direction on and on. We had Chan Daly, who was going to do a lot of movement stuff, not to drop back. We were changing the Don Shula offense. When Jimmy was there, he kept that pretty much in place. I was completely getting a new playbook. And uh, so I kind of went through that. Wayne Huizenga was never involved with it. Jerry Jones, when I was at the Cowboys, when Jimmy Johnson was there, Jerry Jones was never involved in what was going on with Troy Aikman. Never. It, it would have never happened. Jimmy would have left earlier if that was the case. I mean, he, he wouldn't have put up with it. Uh, so I wouldn't buy that. I... Um, does it bother uh, you? Does it bother you that Aaron has sort of a laissez-faire yes. attitude on updating the Packers? Yeah, it, it does because last year we made a commitment to him. I mean, we really did. And yeah, it's a two-way street. I get that. But we kind of went through the same thing last year and we made this big commitment, big money commitment. Uh, so it, it does bother me. Uh, I personally think he'll end up back there. I mean, yeah, you know, there's a hook to go maybe with to the Raiders with uh, Devontae Adams because he's a buddy of his. There's a hook to go with Hackett to the Jets because it might be a similar offense. But, but, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants a lot of change. And he knows what he's getting in Green Bay with LaFleur. He knows the offense. He knows the receivers, uh, you know. I don't know. I, 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 um, he knows what he wants to do. Talk about a guy that has an off-season routine now. All of a sudden, you go to the Jets, and, and they want you in the weight room four days a week. You know what I mean? Routines change. That is not going to fit. That was the biggest thing with Dan Marino. And Dan and I talked about it. I said, hey, it ain't going to be like it was, Dan. You know, we're going to start OTAs like tomorrow, and we're going to get in on the off-season program tomorrow. Whoa, Coach, I got off-season commitments. And I go, Dan had a lot of stuff going on. You can imagine. And it's been that way. He deserved it for years. 
And all of a sudden, we were going to change that. The routine change in his mind, I think, was as much as anything. I think that's going to play a part in this with Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day. I truly do. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, you drafted Jordan Love in the first round at some point. You have to. You don't want to pay him before you've seen if he can play. And, you know, he's a tough one to sign. So, because if you make a trade for Aaron Rodgers, okay, if I'm at the Jets, every, the, the Packers are going to want multiple picks. Well, it can't be multiple picks. This is a one-year deal in their minds. We'll give you something for one year. And, and then if it happens the next year, maybe we'll do something for the next year. But I, I think it's a tough sell to get somebody to give up a lot to get Aaron Rodgers. Think about it. When you're when you're back of your mind, you're thinking this could be a one and done situation. If he didn't like it at Green Bay, winning MVPs, you know, uh, he he could surely have a problem with us, with a new system and new players, a new city, a new place to live, new media. I mean, so it's a one year deal in my mind. If I'm on the other end, thinking of giving up something for Aaron Rodgers. All right, finally, where'd you go to dinner last night in Chicago? Because I'm going to be there in a few weeks. You know you know what's funny? You and I you love the same. I went. You can't go where I go. You and I love the same no, two I'm... cities. You and I love Chicago <laughs> yeah. and Naples, Florida. It's my favorite. It, yeah. I love them. I, I, I went to Tofano's over in Little Italy. Joey DeBono owns it. It's been His grandfather started in 1930. Why can't I go there? It's. Well, I'm, I was kidding you. I was kidding you. You can definitely go there. But I'll tell you what, the only thing about Tofano's, it's it's my favorite Italian place. No menus. When the grandmother used to write what they were cooking, she would write it on the chalkboard. And right now there's chalkboards in there. No menus to look at. And it's all cash. And if you order a glass of wine, they bring it in a little old glass and put the bottle on the table. Love that. You know what? It's as I love that. as you're going to get. <laughs> you know what? So I'm going to Naples next weekend. So I can't get into True Locks. You'd think I'd have some pull. I can't get into that damn place. There's never an opening. You know Naples. You can't get into any restaurants. Where do you want to go? Text me. I'm serious. <laughs> and today she goes, is Dave, is Dave... And his wife going to be down there? And she and I said, you know, I said, no, they're not. And I was thinking, because shit, Dave will get me in anywhere. Nobody cares about me. I'm a talk show host. You're a former NFL no. head coach. No, I know. I lived there for 26 years. I owned a restaurant down in Naples. I know, I know all the guys. Handsome yep. Harry's. That's it. <laughs> True story to our audience. So I was talking to Dave once. And we were talking about Naples, and he goes, oh, I have a place down there. I said, you know my favorite place to go have a cocktail is Handsome Harry's. And Dave's like, yeah, I owned it. <laughs> I love that place. Yeah, yeah. There we go. All right. Good. Yeah, let me know when you come to Chicago. We'll, uh, we'll go to Tapano's. I'll take you over there. All right, buddy. Good seeing you, Coach. Okay, thanks, Colin. volume make sure to check out the draymond green show i brought draymond green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports unique perspective understands behind the rope also chops up with guests like gary payton zach levine tracy mcgrady make sure download the draymond green show 
wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volume Podcast Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.